0: Hello and welcome back to Got The Boot, the podcast where we take a closer look at the football bosses who take the blame for all your team's problems and eventually find themselves back on that managerial merry-go-round. Obviously there's no football on at the moment and a lot of us are missing it terribly. I hope the next 10 minutes or so is a bit of escapism from the rubbish situation that we're all in at the moment. Make sure that you're listening to this indoors, you're not within two metres of anyone else listening to it and absolutely don't under any circumstances go to the shops and panic buy any Got The Boot merchandise mainly because there isn't any but moving on now I think a lot of football fans are going to like this episode they're the ones that hate the idea of Liverpool winning the league title which if you look at social media is nearly every club in the country Jurgen Klopp's side is pretty special but not so long ago everything wasn't exactly as good this episode is about a man who's got a loaded CV but his time on Merseyside is something he probably wishes never went on there let's not take a piss here I certainly was, and I think you are. Roy Hodgson seemed to be a good fit for the Liverpool job when he arrived in the summer of 2010 to replace Rafa Benitez. As well as coaching across the world during his career, he'd recently done a brilliant job at Fulham, masterminding a great escape to keep them in the Premier League. Plus, the Reds owners were looking to sell, so a safe pair of hands to see through that process you'd think would be helpful. Unfortunately for Hodgson, he was on the back foot before he even arrived. The club had asked legendary boss Kenny Dalglish to help them choose the new manager. Only problem being, he wanted the job himself. It's a bit like heading to a job interview, only to find out the person interviewing you has decided he doesn't need you and will do it all himself. The fans found out more obviously disappointed when the King wasn't allowed back onto his throne. Liverpool fan Paul Doward was one of those supporters. I was
1: so downhearted, downhearted with what was going on at the club anyway. And then for them to bring in somebody who 95% of the fan base didn't want in charge of the club. They were the darkest days. I mean, and don't get me wrong, replacing Rafa was always going to be difficult. They were big shoes to fill, as I say. He was well-loved. You look at what he's achieved in the game for a man who's career has spanned decades i think he got beaten in a european final when he was in charge of inter milan that you know a club similar to liverpool a fairly big club and he failed there it wasn't the right appointment at completely the wrong time a new
0: manager always brings new players in so all eyes were on what business liverpool would now do in the transfer market would some big names be brought in to help Well, it started reasonably well when Joe Cole joined on a free transfer from Chelsea, otherwise there really wasn't much to shout about. John Jonjo Shelby, Christian Paulson and Raul Morellas arrived to little fanfare, then in came Paul Konchesky. The least said about that left-back, the better. Perhaps the weirdest one, though, was Fabio Aurelio. The full-back had been deemed surplus to requirements and released at the end of the previous season. But Hodgson decided to bring him back on a two-year deal. Surely there should have been alarm bells ringing at the fact he hadn't been able to find another club. I think uh, I'm here on merit. I know that the the club did their homework before asking me to be the manager, so... I will take whatever comes in that respect but my aim quite simply is to work for the club, to work for the people of Liverpool to try and help the football team to win football matches. The season did start okay though. A respectable one-all draw against Arsenal got the Hodgson reign off to a decent start. A red card in the game set the tone for Joe Cole's time at Anfield. Not very good. Overall though I'd rate that game as the second best performance of Roy's time at the club which is not saying much for the rest of it. The next week, midfielder Javier Mascherano handed in a transfer request and within days was at Barcelona. Definitely the right call. Liverpool were then hammered 3-0 by Manchester City and it pretty much got worse from there. A few weeks later, humiliation in the League Cup. Beaten on penalties by League 2 Northampton Town. The sight of Hodgson drenched in the pouring rain became one of the defining images of his time in charge. Off the pitch, fans who hadn't warmed to him in the first place were not impressed with his answer to the question, is there anywhere quite like Anfield for atmosphere? He replied, Well, the San Siro and Old Trafford are excellent. Which is probably true, but you don't praise the home of Manchester United when you're the Liverpool manager. At this stage, the club's financial problems were approaching a crisis point. The ultimate fear was that the club would go into administration. In the end, it was all sorted out and a takeover was completed, but none of that helped Hodgson's prospects. October started with defeat to newly promoted Blackpool. Kidding. Yeah, Jürgen, Blackpool. Honestly, saying the words Liverpool lost at home to Blackpool still doesn't feel right, even ten years later. They even beat us at their place later on in the season. Football's weird. After that loss and defeat to Everton in the Merseyside derby, the club were in the relegation zone. Hodgson got the dreaded vote of confidence from new owner John Henry, but once again the calls to rehire Dalglish grew in number. The Reds did go on a four-match unbeaten run, including a memorable 2-0 victory over title contenders Chelsea, definitely the best performance in Hodgson's time at Liverpool.
1: Now then, Torres...
0: Both goals came from Fernando Torres, who there'd been a lot of speculation about regarding his future. He finally left Liverpool after Hodgson's reign had ended, so we won't go into the whole Torres saga here. But from interviews and accounts since then, it's clear there was a feeling that the Spaniard only played well that day to try and force a move to London. The half-decent run didn't last. Losses to Stoke, Spurs and Newcastle followed. Things were coming to a head just before the final game of the calendar year, a home match against Wolves. Once again, a lot has changed in 10 years. Wolves weren't the silky, powerful team they are today. When they were actually in the Premier League, it was a scrap for survival every season. Surely then, Liverpool's terrible 2010 would at least end on a positive note. (laughs) A
1: 1-0
0: loss. I remember watching the game on the telly, and it's genuinely the worst game I've ever watched Liverpool play. They lacked any creativity, any resemblance of a functioning football team. It was the point, I believe, where the majority of fans believed the change needed to be made. That view would have become even more widespread after Roy Hodgson's post-match comments. He admitted it was the worst performance of his reign and went on to say, Ever since I came here, the famous Anfield support has not really been there. It is sad and I don't like hearing those things because I'm trying to do the best job I can do. I have to hope the fans
1: will become supporters because we need support and we are not deliberately losing games.
0: Powerful words, yes, but the fans voted with their feet. A few days later, only 35,000 people turned out to Anfield, leaving around a fifth of the stadium empty for the game against Bolton. I'm pretty sure one of the main reasons was because we were trying to sign Carlton Cole. Now, I was there for that game and remember the atmosphere being a bit subdued, but we got a win. Joe Cole's last-minute winner gave Liverpool a bit of New Year's cheer. Like Hodgson's time as manager, though, it didn't last long. A 3-1 loss away to Blackburn sealed Roy Hodgson's fate. He was sacked three days later, and Kenny Dalglish got what he wanted from the very beginning: the job himself. Goodbye, my Now, we all know Dalglish's second spell as Liverpool boss wasn't great either, but there's no doubt that if Roy Hodgson had remained in charge, it would have got a lot worse. Paul Doward, who we spoke to earlier, agrees with this.
1: The results just weren't good enough. The first half of the league season, Liverpool won just seven games, lost nine from their opening 20 matches. Just grim. The fans were chanting for Dalglish. They wanted Dalglish. They were even chanting... Hodgson for England. Uh, They just wanted Roy out. Unfortunately, we can't blot it out. But yeah, those dark days of Hodgson. God. I don't miss him.
0: It just felt like Roy never really got to grips with the task at hand. To be fair to him, it was a pretty daunting one. But the decisions he made at times were simply strange, especially when there was an opportunity for him at a big club to cement his reputation. Instead, it was left in pieces after six months. A couple of years ago, former Liverpool captain Stephen Gerrard spoke on BT Sport about how it felt around the club when Hodgson was in charge. Roy Hodgson's final days and weeks here were very tough for him personally, but you could feel it as a player. The, the tension in the crowd. You know, they were singing Kenny's name every five, ten minutes because um, it was uncomfortable playing uh, in the atmosphere under Roy. It, it felt, it felt tense, and I think the players, you could feel them going into a shell. But when Kenny came, it, it just seemed to lift. Fortunately for Roy, he was able to rebuild, and he got the England job. For Liverpool, though, a few more years of frustration and hurt were on the way. But hey, things are all right now, aren't they?
1: Well, the best word I can say, but uh, will describe this was boom. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So that's it for this episode thanks so much for listening we're going to try and put out as many episodes as possible whilst football is suspended so send in your suggestions on which managers we should put under the microscope we're at Pod on twitter and instagram or you can email us scottthebootpodcast at gmail.com thanks again for listening and see you soon